Hey guys, it's Joey, the pastor with no answers. Thanks for checking back in. Before we continue, I want to thank Grant Smith for joining the PWNA Patreon. Thank you for supporting. Got a group of like 20 of us that oh, casually keep in touch and I'll throw some communication out there once in a while, but if you would like to support this podcast, you can go to pastorwithnoanswers.com and connect with our social media, and you can also click contribute to figure out where to go to support. But thank you for being a listener. You can go to iTunes and give us a rating. We'd appreciate it. So here's Chip Judd and a conversation about... Bad parents. Well, this is the Pastor with No Answers, and I know a lot of you all have have been checking the feed every week to see when uh, my friend Pastor Chip Judd would be back. And I, I mean, I have to admit, like this, am I taking advantage of our friendship, Chip? Because I will think about a subject, and then I'll think, oh, Chip seems to be a good guy to talk about it, and then I just assume that we're going to have a killer episode where you're going to unleash all this wisdom. And I already have like a check going in my, in my mind, like it's checking a box. Okay. That episode is, is good to go. Chip will do it. Is that, is that, is that taking advantage of you or like taking you for granted? I don't try to. You're, you're so far past taking (laughs) advantage of me that it's ridiculous. (laughs) I mean, if I, if I, if I build you, for what you owe me, gosh, dude, I'd own your children. <laughs> no, I have, I'm kidding. I, I have a. We we've talked about mental illness on here a lot, and I have talked about you anonymously because I've been trying to help people understand or just bring up the whole topic of you know your mental health being something that you can mm-hmm. actually take care of and do different things, and you are the pastor slash employer of mine back in 2012 that pretty much told me to work less hours, not taking that time off and just doing it in a way like spending those five or 10 hours doing exactly what you would want to do, whether that's sleep or jog or watch a movie or read the Bible or just anything. And Mm -hmm. why did you feel compelled to, to do that? Like, why is that? Because, why is that a good thing? Because a yeah. lot of people would say, "Oh, well, that's regular people can't do that." Like, just because you're depressed, you get to stop well, doing stuff. Yeah, but I don't know that that's true. Regular people might have to have a different variation on it. In other words, they may not be able to do it as part of their work day, but if they have the, you know, a, a support system around them, spouse, friends, whatever. Yeah, there's ways. Because what it's doing is is purchasing. Everything's a purchase. You're giving up one thing of value for another. Yeah. So everything is, is a purchase of some kind. And I know you and knew you somewhat then, I mean, a good bit. And I knew you needed some replenishment, some, uh, plus I knew you had a, 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 an overzealous sense of duty and responsibility. Ah. So, so I was kind of working on a couple of things at the same time. I, I, I believed your brain needed a break to just reset its chemicals a little bit. Right. But I also believed your heart needed to deal with 
do I get my value from working hard and impressing people and whatever? So for me, it was kind of a sneaky double whammy there. Gotcha. All right, Mr. Miyagi. Well, I actually did. <laughs> I, I That's exactly what happened with this episode. I started thinking of something and then I thought, well, I definitely am always curious about what Chip would have to say. And I figured, hey, let's just make it into an episode because I think a lot of people probably wonder the same thing. And then timely enough, last night, Priscilla and I watched three This Is Us episodes. And mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful show. And I won't do any uh, spoils for those of you that have not caught up. But it, yes, I love it. Yes, it makes me sad every time. Yes, I think it's wonderful. And uh, I actually don't think it's cheesy. I think it's a great, great show. But this last episode is exactly what I'm talking about. Jack Pearson, who is kind of the central figure, he's the he's the dad, and you know you you get you get a depiction of all these kids when they were young and they had their dad, and then when they grow older and their dad's a little older, then when they grow older and their dad's not in the picture anymore, and all of that. He's the central figure, and he had it, it got into it big time this last episode. He got in. Uh, his dad was horrible. His dad just sat in a chair waiting for his two sons to get home so he can uh, verbally lash out at them, humiliate them. And I was thinking about uh, we already had this episode scheduled before I even saw this episode, but I've been wondering what happens. What happens to a parent because Joey Svensson feels a love for his kids that if I do anything that I feel hurts them and it was not a good hurt, like it wasn't just a matter of discipline, but it was something that I did wrong, it would it would mm -hmm. mess with me because I love them so much and I'd have to be, I, I would feel compelled to say, look, I, I was off there. I'm really sorry. I love you. I care about you. I'm sorry it came across that way. What in the world happens to parents that find themselves in a place of being a kid's worst nightmare? I mean, here, here it's mom, it's dad, and it's the kid's worst nightmare every single day. How, how does that happen? Do, do they lose the love for their kids? No, I don't think that's the case. Now, their capacity to love might be different, meaning whether they've grown in a, up in a home that allowed them to experience it to its fullest in a safe way. So their their the, the, their capacity, their strategy, their the ways they give and receive love might be very limited. Yeah. But do they love their kids? I believe they do the best they can here here's my bottom line joey first of all let me say this is a sort of a disclaimer uh not a disclaimer but just to set it make sure people listen to me correctly i'm there's a difference between an excuse and an explanation yeah nothing i'm gonna say excuses bad behavior right but i think if we explain it correctly we will respond to it better and we can be part of the solution instead of part of the problem. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, simple thought. I believe every person is doing the best they can with what they have. And very relevant in this conversation. So, you, dude, you're telling me 30-plus years counseling. I've, I'm sure you've seen all kinds of craziness. Adults that are the product of early life difficulty, abuse, whatever. 
and you're going to sit there and tell me that you believe everybody's doing the best they can with what they have. Yes. And here's what I mean by that. Um, I've never met an abusive person who wasn't abused. Right. I've never met a yeller who wasn't yelled at. I've never met uh, someone who was sarcastic and, and, and stingy with their compliments that didn't grow up in an environment that was sarcastic and stingy with their compliments. My point being, you could almost say it like this, Joey, we give ourselves too much credit. Yeah. Those of us that don't abuse our kids, we give ourselves too much credit. And then those that do, we give them too much credit to think that they could overcome easily, quickly, whatever the damage done to them in their childhood. So, 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 I mean, and and to give a quick example, when we see the, the mom in the parking lot, just unleashing on their kid loudly saying horrible things, calling them horrible names, we should, we should, keep ourselves in check from letting anger run loose and pair that with a little bit of sensitivity, knowing that that mom probably dealt with the same thing. Well, again, let me just play with words a little bit. The Bible says be angry and sin not. Right. So I don't, I I don't know that anger is the issue. The issue for me would be judgment. Yeah. Do we judge that woman? In other words, here's what, here's what judgment to me would be. It would be putting both of us at the same level and saying, I don't do that. Why does she do that? Right. And and that's just grossly unfair. It's unfair to believe that she had the same preparation for parenting that I did. Yeah. And so I'm I'm judging her as if we went to the same school, the same class, and got the same grades. And now she's blowing the test but life is so reality but life is so easier if we could just say these people are horrible isn't that crazy there's a part of me that's just like man chip is so right and this is where jesus is at this is where life is but there's a human part of me that's just like yeah but it's just so much easier to to say these that's just horrible but, but here's 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 where my line would be, Joey, just so people don't think I'm out of my mind. I'm not, again, remember, I'm not excusing anything. No, I know you're I'm not. not I'm, def- I'm definitely not saying it's okay. I'm just explaining it in a way that makes us more likely to be part of the solution. Right. And here's my, here's, my, here's my line. Get help. You may not have grown up in a healthy home. You may have been abused. You may not know what good parenting looks like. You wouldn't know a healthy way to resolve a conflict with your child if it came up and bit you on the nose. But get help. Yeah. Ask for help. Seek help. Go to places that are likely to have help. So, in other words, I'm not going to judge anybody. Lord, help me. Not that I don't occasionally. But... But the ultimate ask that I would have is, hey, I get how, how and why you might be the way you are, but it's not okay to not do something about it. Yeah. I like to say this, Joey, you may not be responsible for the way you are, but you are responsible for changing the way you are. Yeah. You didn't get to pick your parents. You didn't get to pick your childhood. You didn't get to pick your skin color, socioeconomic class your gender. You didn't get to pick all that. 
And so what does that mean? That means that all of, virtually all the factors that made you who and what you are, you had no choice. Right. How in the world are we going to judge people for that? Yeah. Now, here, here in, here's the problem. When you can tell something's off the rails, ask for help, man. Yeah. Ask for help and keep asking. Yeah. And keep asking. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because here's where, here's where it gets juicy and exciting to me, Joey. We, we, we can break. See, most of this stuff occurs in generational cycles. And, and, and life's a, like a multi-generational relay race. And you just kind of pass the baton to the next generation. Well, what's exciting is if you ask for help, and maybe you can't totally turn your bus around but you get it turned 45 degrees. Do you realize that you can alter the path of that generational relay race? Yeah. It may, it may take several generations to stop this function, but it's not going to stop at all. If somebody doesn't put their hand up and say, I don't think I'm doing this right. Right. And I'm not even sure I know what right looks like. I, I understand what you're saying. And I, I agree and I think that the my my issue is that I don't know what it feels like not to at least have the checks and balances of this just almost out of hand love I have for my kids that sounds like all of my peers are experiencing the same thing sounds like my parents and you guys talk about y'all's kids in the same way and so the the father that has an a, a sickness of of molesting kids i don't understand how he chooses his daughter like i just don't get it and that's not even necessarily like sure i'm angry about little girls being molested, especially by their dads. But I'm not even talking about anger here. I'm saying, what, what is it? Go, does he, does he not feel what I feel for my kids or is it just not accessible? Because if I am a pervert that feels like I have to do that, uh, and I'm not, but if I was, I, I don't know if there would be something in my head that would allow me to do that to my children, knowing that I'm going to destroy their lives. I mean, does does that make sense? Like, what you, you know how you feel about your kids. You wouldn't do anything like that to to harm them. Now you have accidentally harmed them in ways by just being imperfect, but striking hey, your kids yourself, all the time. Joey, what's that? Speak for, your, speak for yourself, Joey. All about right, perfect, perfect, perfect Miyagi dad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, Joey, I would say uh, that would be in my top two or three for sure issues that are the hardest for me to wrap my head around. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's fair enough. I mean, I can, I can, I, I, I again, forgive me for anybody for how this is going to sound, but I get sexual perversion experiment. In other words, I get that sexuality exists on a continuum. And I mean, I didn't get saved till 23. So I understand how your sense of right and wrong can get pretty skewed. But the kind of situation you're talking about is crossing so many lines. Right. That I'm, I, I now have I worked with people in those situations? Yes. Am I very effective with the perpetrators? Um, 
I, I don't know that I would say that I am because like, kind of like what you said, Joey, I, I can't, I can't, what I'm pretty good at as a counselor is getting my head inside of what this dysfunctional behavior you're trapped in and, and how it must feel and, and why the th- why your thinking makes sense to you. Right. I can't do that with this. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I just at several different levels. Yeah. Um, I just, I can't, uh, now I believe it's a spiritual issue. I mean, if anybody questions whether there's evil, um, I mean, it's just evil that, yeah. that you would prey on your own children. Now, do I, I don't mean that to write the person off, but I'm just saying that that's a really complex, twisted, multifaceted situation. Right. And, um, and unfortunately, again, it tends to be generationally cyclical. Yeah. Not, not guaranteed. So don't anybody think, well, if it ever happened in my family, I got it. I don't mean it that way, but the, the, the propensity for it, the, the tendency, the susceptibility, the, you know, but it's, 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 it's rough stuff, man. Uh, gosh, I've, I've seen and heard stories, Joey, that I just, I don't even know where to put them. Yeah. I do not even know where to put them. Uh, I don't even like the sound of that. And you didn't even give any examples. Gracious. Good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have, I have seen families operate in a, in a way where I don't doubt any of their love for each other. And I know that there was sexual abuse in the past with the very people mm-hmm. that I'm being around. And I'm like, I don't know how that works. Like, I don't know how right. I just, Oh yeah. So I get, I guess you're right. I mean, that is definitely something that is way more complicated to use as a simple example of parents that don't treat their kids. Well, <laughs> well, well, I mean, I think it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's way past that. Yeah. You know, my, uh, my, uh, I, I give my dad uh, major props because he had a very, very poor example of a dad, uh, and I felt mm-hmm. like I, I, uh, I had a really good dad. But here, here's, I mean, here's a perfect example of your banging the drum of people are doing the best of what they can with with what they're working with, what they have, and all that. So my grandfather, my dad's dad, he lost his mom at eight. Uh, his dad died mm. when his mom was pregnant with him in the flu epidemic. Uh, he got uh, he got sent to his uncle's house at eight years old. Uncle, when his teenage girls became when his girls became teenagers, he felt like it was improper for their first cousin to be around who was also a teenager. So he sent him to an orphanage. This is his uncle. Oh my gosh! Sent him to an orphanage. And so he basically grows up in an orphanage and then is shipped off to Burma, fights in World War II and sees all sorts of things. I find out later on in his life that he actually killed someone with his bare hands. And I'm thinking, no wonder my grandfather was such a grouchy, inconsiderate bully of a man. Now, I say all that and I, he's, he's family and he was my grandpa and obviously there were sweet parts of him and those are the sorts of things that I internalized as a kid. So... I don't have any ill will towards him, but he wasn't my dad. My dad tells me stories about him being in Little League and there being a pop fly. And my dad is like an eight-year-old missing the ball and his dad yelling butterfingers and laughing at him in front of all the parents. 
And it's interesting too, and, and I, I want to be respectful of my dad, but I feel like my dad doesn't realize how impactful that is still on his life. Like he will say with his words, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't let that stuff bother me. But just the very fact that he is recalling this story that happened 60 years ago, to me, clues me in on, it definitely affected him. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, that's a great example, Joey, because you, you, I mean, let's go all the way back to the uncle. Let's just say the uncle himself had issues with lust. Right. In other words, let's say, I, let's say he had a hard time controlling his thoughts and feelings toward women. So he projects that onto his nephew, right. whether it's real or not. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But the bottom line is he's like, I'm not leaving the fox in the hen house. Right. right. So he, he, makes, he makes an unkind decision that alters the course of another human being's life. And, and then he, and, he, and here's another thought. So here's your, your grandfather. And he, he goes to an orphanage and who knows what may have happened there and goes to Burma and fights in the war. And, and, and here's, here's my thing, Joey, where do you put that stuff? Right. Where do you put, where do you put the pictures, the feelings, the smells of you killing another human being? Where do we get the idea that the soul is designed in such a way that we, oh, we'll just, we just package that up and put it up on shelf three. Right. Dude, where do you put that? Right. And, and we just, it, especially us as Christians, we just, we have this cheesy, easy, like, brother, just renew your mind, man. Right. You don't need to think about that anymore. I mean, dude, really? Yeah. And that's, that's part of what drives me and all this stuff, Joey, is that we just, we underestimate the impact of what some of life's experiences have on us. Yeah. And, and I'm not, I'm not minimizing or underestimating the power of God and what God can do. But, but that's kind of my point. My point is that is what we need. And we need people that understand the process better, the process of how we get to be the way we are. And then the process it's going to take to get us to not be the way we are. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about the different parts of your brain that are involved in fear and responses and stuff like that. And it's a trickier situation than most of us want to want to wrestle with. Yeah. And um, I've had to, cause I love, I love trying to help people. And the longer you do it, the more you realize that our little bumper sticker answers don't work. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, and I will say this too, and not to not to puff your head uh, up too much, but I think. Oh, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I think what you say, as far as just the rule of thumb, hey, process people's behavior through the filter of you know, and this doesn't give them an excuse, but they're they're doing the yeah. best they can. I think that's the only way we can love like Jesus loves people, and I think that's exactly what he did and why he was able to do that because he saw a bigger picture but i don't i don't love the child molester outside of that knowledge knowing that dude did not wake up as a as a six-year-old and say you know what when i'm old i'm gonna touch little kids my age i mean it just didn't happen like you know from no, an early no, age up, up, up and yeah so at, i really do think that what you're saying here and what you have been saying for a long time is probably going to be some people's ticket to not only forgiveness, but also just ha 
having a little mercy, a little more mercy in their hearts mm-hmm. for people that they see from afar as well. I mean, what would you tell? What would you tell any of our listeners who may not have any chance for reconciliation, whether it's a parent that passed away or a friend that will never talk to them again, but they have some deeply, deeply rooted hurts from being molested or uh, date raped or just whatever. I mean, from that person. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, what what do these people do with that? Given that there may not be any reconciliation around the corner because of the other person. I mean, I, I would say, gosh, I don't know what percentage, but more than fifty percent, there probably isn't going to be reconciliation. So, it's it's the norm typically. Um, I mean, I think, like I said, separating explanation and excuse. The bottom line is. Uh, you know, when, when I need to work through judging someone and, 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 and not forgiving them and, and wrestling with all that, one of the things I like to do is just get in front of the mirror and remind myself how much I've been forgiven for. Remind Now, I may come away saying, well, you know, my, my sins are a three, his or hers are a six or an eight or whatever. But somewhere in there, I'm going to be able to say, you know, I, I cannot say that it didn't totally wreck my life, totally take my life down a path that, gosh, it would have been so much easier if that hadn't happened. Yeah. But it's hurting me more than it is this other person for me to hold on to it. I don't know what made them what they are, but something did. Yeah. And you know what, God, that's, that's your territory. That's your, your judge, jury, and, executor of judgment. I don't mean executor. Um, and, and it, dude, it's hard, man. It's yep. hard. I, and I, I completely get that because someone can do things to us that send our life in directions that are just not fair. Yep. yep. And, well, I appreciate you coming ultimate, on here. Oh, the, go ahead. Let me, let me, let, let me say one more thought. The ultimate revenge is making the best you can out of the life you have. The ultimate revenge is, you know what? It knocked me for a loop, but God, let's let's do the best we can with what I've got. Yep. As always, thanks for coming on here and dropping some truth that could be helpful to a lot of people. Thank you, sir. All right, man. Love you, dude.